Welcome back. I'm Alicia Dixon and you're listening to Where It's At, a podcast all about midi life milestones brought to you by online styling service Stitch Fix. We've got an amazing one for you today. We'll be discussing life's big what ifs in our sliding doors episode, the redo button. Now this week I'm joined by two brilliant women. The first has worn many hats during her career as a chef restaurateur, TV presenter and environmental activist. She's also an award-winning author with best-selling cookbooks and saw the release of her most popular yet slow food worth taking time over. Introducing Gizzy Erskine. Hi Gizzy. What an intro. Uh, I know that's quite an intro. (laughs) What a woman. Amazing. Thank you for having me. And I'm also joined by campaigner, broadcaster and generally remarkable lady Lauren Mann. As I like to say, Lauren. And Lauren, you know, I hope you don't mind me giving our listeners a quick rundown on your story. But at the age of 31, Lauren was diagnosed with breast cancer and has since told her tale to help inspire and support those fighting the devastating illness on her website, Girls vs. Cancer. Welcome, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank and, you so and happy much. birthday. Thanks. Happy birthday. Yes, 34 today. Don't we feel honoured. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, ladies. Thank, thank you. you so much for being here. Right, so let's get into some questions then as we tackle this week's episode, The Redo Button. So let's start at the beginning. I'm going to ask both of you, hmm. what did you actually want to be when you were younger? I don't, do you know what? I don't really know. When I was little, I was really, really anal, like, organised. Like, I used to love playing offices, so I think I always knew I wanted my own office at some point. Um, And, like, post offices. And we could never, as kids, just play a game where it'd be like, let's play cinema, which for my brother and sister meant, let's get some popcorn and sit on the bed and watch a film. No, I would be like, okay, I'd be sat there with all my different colour pens, I'd be writing out, like, all of, like, the different films you can see, the times. Very organised. Making tickets. I was extra. What did you want to be then when you were younger? Squirrel. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> Genuinely, that's what I think. Of all the things she could have yeah. said. I wasn't expecting that. No, um, that was when I was very young. But then, you know, food was something that I was really interested in early on I think more than anything like not wanting the unusual career paths I actually did manage to do mm. my first job at 15 I was a body piercer really? for, for oh. eight years oh and, God. and so before I was, sh- I was chefing you know food was my hobby yeah but I was working in a piercing studio in Camden on the on reception until I was 18 and then went off and trained to be a piercer oh my god and it was one of the fundamentally best most grounding experiences of my life because I left school at 15 yeah um and I decided, my, my father died of cancer as well. So I then went into a career which most people would have frowned upon, I guess. But actually, it set me up for being meticulous. You know, but my boss as a piercer was, his attention to detail was was exemplary. And I, that really came off on me from such a young age, you right. know. And so many of these skills sort of transcended into becoming a chef right. as well. But did you know at that point when you were doing that that you wanted to be potentially a chef? No, I love cooking. Not even entered your mind. Cooking was my, since I was a kid, it was, it was a passion. my passion. You know, I loved it. I can't remember a time that I didn't cook. My mum was right. a single parent. My mum my was a single parent of three young girls. And, you know, we had to help out at home. Mm. But I know, and I loved it. And it was since she had a job abroad, which meant that I had to cook for my sisters mm. a lot of the time and and 
you know, so it was intrinsically in me, but to actually see it as a career, I hadn't even considered it. And then one day, mm. I'd sort of reached my peak with piercing. Yeah. <laughs> and was like, what do I really want to do? Yeah. And I think that that was quite a, a good, you know, I, I retrained when I was 23. Mm-hmm. And that was the perfect age, I think. You've mm. sort of got a lot of that stuff out of your system. Mm. And now, you know, there isn't another job in the world that I'd want to do but I think yeah. every moment you have in your life is preparing yeah. you for the next one I agree and it yeah. flows into the next Absolutely. thing yeah. so you don't That's... necessarily always have the answer in that moment but when you when you arrive at where we are yeah. now in this yeah. present moment you look back and understand how each event got you here Absolutely. and prepared you I always say this about like me doing Girl vs Cancer and doing like the BBC podcast and everything like when I think of the experience of having cancer it was really hard and it was really challenging and it you know it's made me the woman I am today but every single part of my career every single network I've made every single job I had in digital marketing Mm. every social media network everything Mm. made it happen I took every single skill I had in my locker I went right let's do something good and if I hadn't had all these experiences I wouldn't be where I am have either of you had to ever sort of revamp your wardrobe for a new job or change your image or I don't know like reinvent almost to, to accommodate a new job when I first got scouted for telly, mm. um, you know, I don't know if you know, but I'm covered in tattoos, you know, at the time. So when you were in that piercing yeah, part, yeah. you blended in nicely, nicely. the tats. <laughs> Ticked every cliched box. Um, I went to this uh, casting thing because I was working at BBC Good Food at the time. And yeah. one of the big um, publishers was like, I'm going to take you to this, meet this agency for that did telly and I was like oh really went and I went completely not like me I went so I had the shirt side of my head shaved very tattooed I sort of yeah. went twin set and pearls twee oh, wow. and didn't get the job because I wanted someone go gettery a bit more adventurous, someone maybe tattooed it was one of those things where you're like oh, oh, why wasn't I just myself exactly what about you Lauren have you had to ever sort of revamp a wardrobe to adapt to a new job or it's you're like I'll just wear what I want yeah yeah, it is I'm (laughs) quite fortunate that because I've always been in office based jobs and worked in like marketing but I, my, my favourite thing I've had to wear for work was when I used to, my first ever job was flipping burgers at Fulham Football Ground. Right. When I was 15. Yeah. And I had to wear this massive jumper and this big, like, netted hat. And that was a look. <laughs> I'm waiting for that to come back round. A netted hat. A netted, it was like this big net thing. like a shower cap. And wow. I was just, and yeah, so I thought, oh yeah, I work at Football Ground, meet loads of boys. No, no. <laughs> Was I was like, pass them their bovril and not even give them eye contact. Oh, right? my bovril. I love that as well. It's a bovril. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, love no, not, not really. I, I feel like my style's kind of been more of an evolution of me as a person. I feel yes, like exactly. I probably would wear clothes because I like I'd try, try and go like two on trend and stuff. I went to London College of Fashion and you, you feel like you've got to have certain things or look a certain way because you're at fashion uni. And after the first year, you realise, nah, it's yeah. not all about like you're smart. It's not what you're wearing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I felt sometimes I've probably tried things out because I felt like I wanted to belong or be seen as a certain way yeah but never had to really do it for work would either of you go back to being 18 if you could if you had the chance would you take it no way nothing good about being a teenager absolutely (laughs) not trying to remember what I was doing at 18 (laughs) lost my memory I think I can't I can't what's the worst thing about being a teenager would you say well I was Probably your height, mm. so quite small, and then went away one summer holiday, like a sunflower, and grew, and I was like five foot <laughs> yeah. eleven after that. It was like this gangly girl who I was... This is how how gross I was actually looking. That was a bit extreme. But, like, my dad used to turn around to me, he'd be like, darling, don't worry, you've heard the story of the ugly duckling. Is that what you used to say? I'm like, excuse 
excuse me. He meant that in a positive yeah, that, way. That, he meant that he? in a nice way. It's yeah. like, I'm sorry. Yeah. But then that obviously was like pretty scarring. So I was like hair over my face, goth girl who had, you know, still wearing the stompy DMs um, and would like hunch over. Like I was literally hunching over just because I hated being so tall. Oh my god, It was gosh. so grim. And um, so yeah. it was awkward. It's just awkward. I was like the one that cringed. Of everything. What was Hate your biggest him. fashion faux pas? I used to go to a club called the Slime Light, which is it was an angel in Electroworks, and far too young, about 14, 15 years old, and go in my mum's underwear, like a bustier, nice. with, with a cape right. and some thigh high boots, walking down <laughs> Oxford Street. Oh my goodness. At 15, my poor mother, she wow. had no idea. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. So bad. So yeah, I'm definitely, this was like the goth dream. <laughs> <laughs> Have that. you ever had like worn something when you're a teenager that you've seen come back into fashion now? I see it all yeah. the time. Yeah, I love I that though. Yeah, I'm like I was proper. I I was a bit of a rude girl. I was proper. I say it reminds me of my Lady Sov era. Like, <laughs> I was proper. I was. I did. I was in my like. I used to wear like my tracksuits. Yeah. I'd have the big gold earrings with the balls on, yeah. um, sovereigns on my fingers. I used to slick down my hair with so much gel. I actually gave myself like a really bad scalp because <laughs> my scalp couldn't breathe. I'm picturing this now. Centre part in, slicked all the way back, and I'd wear a low bun. Why a low bun? <laughs> a low bun with a, a big scrunchie on. Did you ever wear the whole shell suit thing as well? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't in shell. I did when I was I really young. I was about nine. I was about nine. Were you? Yeah. yeah. I was more like Gap hoodies, like the yeah. matching tracksuit. Which and then, sounds like it could rock it now and it would still work. Yeah, it would. And like all like, you know, like um the like all the, the, the old school trainers that have come back here, yeah, like the Air Maxes and all that. That, yeah, yeah. that was all my jam. But like we were saying earlier, like cycling shorts are back. No. Which I never thought would make a comeback. And even when like I saw people wearing them, I thought I'm not gonna do it. But I've tried it. Well you? again, I can see you that would yeah, work that would on work. you. It was all right. It was all it wasn't too bad. But we were saying, okay, what about skin coloured ones? No. No. Definitely not. What is black, that? Black That's all like the wearing way. a pair of spanks yeah, out, no. out for dinner. No. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Black cycling shorts all the way. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I see on people and I think that looks nice. I just think on my shape. No, like me and you in very I can't. <laughs> and if I'm quite short anyway. I'm like, hi, I'm, I'm like, it just made me look like a little block. But yeah, there's a lot of things that have come back around, but it's always the way with fashion. But obviously you mentioned like the awkward phases you go through in your teenage years, yeah. but are there any like good moments that stand out where you think, you know what, if I could relive that moment again? No. Oh, <laughs> Nothing? <laughs> really? I absolutely hated it. Oh, well, oh. everything about yeah, it. Yeah, I think I, I sort of like matured into myself at about 25, I reckon. Right. I felt like the ugliest girl in the world right. until then, and I really didn't focus on... But you enjoyed school, right? Because you said you were bright and you... No, but I, I, I have ADHD, so I was very distracted at school. Right. So. I used to be in my own headspace mm. at school drawing. I think when time. you get to sort of our age now and life kind of mellows out a bit and then you look back and you remember how you felt, for mm. me it's just remembering how anxious I was all the time, yeah, how much that, yeah. I worried about everything, yeah. carried the weight of the world Absolutely. on my shoulders, yeah. fearful of everything. Fearful of everything, And yeah. it was, it's draining. Yeah. yeah. And you really think, no, why would I want to transport myself back to those feelings when now I'm in such a chilled, content place in myself? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but it's it's almost like, like you said, we were saying before, it's a learning curve, isn't it? Mm. You're, you're discovering who you are mm. and you it's a, it's a rite of passage you've got to go through yeah. it you can't avoid it absolutely and also you know? that's you know it's, it's, 
it's going to make the person, isn't it? Mm. You have to enforce those things to be able to learn exactly who you are anyway. And I think because when you're younger as well, what you spent most, I, for me, you'll probably feel the same, I spent a lot of my time wishing I was someone else or trying to be someone that I wasn't rather than really honing in on, on who, who am are. I. Yeah. It was like, oh, I want to hang out with these people or do I look cool Absolutely. or whatever. Whereas now, all I care about is being a good person, not what other people yeah. think I look like or what I'm wearing. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but I loved, I really liked... I had a really good childhood, but I think it's because... I love hearing people say that. I did, I did. I, I like Obviously, I was really anxious and I had all those feelings, mm. but I feel like, genera- generationally, I feel very fortunate. We were the last generation before the social media generations yes. hit. Yeah. So, like, Facebook came out when I was at university. Mm-hmm. So, growing up, we never had that pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We never had that kind of, you know... And that whole thing of, I'll meet you at the park at six. You met people at the park at six. Yeah. You didn't yeah, you yeah, have a mobile yeah. phone to text. Yeah. I never even had a house phone. Yeah. yeah. I had a phone box at the time. Top of the road, three triple two one nine. I still remember the number. <laughs> and people would run down to my house and knock on the door, and they say someone's at the, on the phone for you up at the phone box. No, I have to leg it to the amazing. shop and speak to my mates on the phone. Oh my god, <laughs> that's. that's kind of into it though. I love that. It's really funny. Yeah. But you've just reminded me of like how like. People just communicated yeah. more. Yeah. You like hung out and talked more. Totally. And like we have these debates all the time about social media. And I think, you know, I've got a daughter. I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to manage this? Yeah. You know, and I can't relate to growing up yeah. with social media because I think, like you said, we were free. It's still yeah. really new. It's still it really, is. really new. We're still learning. We are. We're going yeah. through a transitional period. Yeah. But anyway, we talked a little bit earlier about what you used to want to mm. be. But if you could wake up tomorrow with a new job, is there anything you think, oh, I'd love to give that a go? I, do you know what? I've, I say this all the time. If I had a good voice, I'd be famous. I would sing. <laughs> There's no stopping me. I want hip hop karaoke at Glastonbury. I had you know. yeah. What would be your hip hop? Oh, I did Kudos Gangster's Paradise. Oh, okay. I also know all the words to Mr. Bombastic. I've won. <laughs> yeah, do I you do. know all the words to Informer? Oh, Snow. I can give it a go. <laughs> I used to. Yeah. I used oh, to. my God. That's a dream. That's, that's a goal for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I'm like, if I could do one, if I could wake up tomorrow and do one thing, I'd be in Little Mix. Done. <laughs> Mic drop. I would. They just like they have so much fun. I love that. And I love music. Like, it makes me happy. Yeah. So well, like I can say being that. in a girl group is fun. Yes. Yeah. And you travel the world yeah. and you see the world. There we and... go. So I picked up the right thing. I'd love to I'd love to sing. I love that. But have either of you ever had a sliding door moment in your life where you could have gone a different direction, but you ignored that? Do you know what? I think that there's been a lot of times where I've turned things down but and I've still ended up in the same place. See, I think great. that sometimes it doesn't have to be a sliding door thing. It can be sometimes there is a something bigger than anything you can imagine that's pushing you into a certain direction. And yeah. Even if I've turned things down. And what is it that pushes you? An instinct? Just a gut feeling? Or yeah, just... I just you know, I think it's like some they say about a career and a vocation, you know. Yeah. A vocation is something that's meant to happen to you, I guess, yeah. really. But are you the sort of person that would listen more to your head or your heart? Ugh, don't know. I think probably heart. Yeah. But they tend to be quite in tune anyway. They're quite in a good... Mm. Well, unless it's, we're talking about men. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get on to that in a little while. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Lauren? I mean, have you ever had a moment where you could have gone a different direction, but... It was that sliding door moment and you went another way? I've, I've, I've had a couple and it's been normally, again, it's like, I've said this to one of my friends recently. She was in a job she really didn't like um, and not because she didn't love what she was doing, mm. but 
because it just wasn't a, it was a really bad environment for her and she was super unhappy and she kept she kept pushing and kept pushing and going I'm going to prove I'm going to prove and I'm like maybe it's not working because it's not meant for you right. and maybe you're forcing yourself down a path you shouldn't be on mate yeah. and the minute she stepped out of it she's now in a job she loves and I'm like I'm taking credit for that yeah I love <laughs> that but I've had to do that myself I was in I was in a couple of jobs when I was younger and you know when you just really struggle to apply yourself because your heart's yeah, not you there feel it. you don't have the enthusiasm for no, it but I'm like I should be doing this this is an amazing role this mm. is the career path I've chosen for myself mm. so I'm like I've got to keep going got to keep going and what ended up happening was I ended up in disciplinaries because I weren't doing the work Yeah. and that for me was a sliding doors moment the minute I went into that disciplinary rather than going I'm going to fight my way through this and be better and progress I just went here's my notice and I, and I booked a flight and I went away Wicked. and I travelled for six weeks on yeah. my own but going back to fashion, um, if you could go back in time, which I know is not your favourite thing to do, Gizzy, yeah. <laughs> uh, what would you do differently in your style journey? Or do you think, you know what, it just it is what it is, yeah. that was who I was at that time? Mm. No, I'm, I'm into it. You have it. no regrets? Yeah. yeah. I'm, fashion-wise, I just, you know, while there have been some horrors... Um, you know, I'm quite proud. You know, I look at someone like Alexander McQueen and, mm. uh, you know, mm. um, with with sort of from the beginning of his uh, career, you look at the style of clothes that he started to create, which was a lot of it was based around the scene that I was really into. And I'm quite proud when I look at his early, his early collections and I think, oh, that's the, the sort of stuff I used to wear anyway because I was like right. scally street punk. So right. that was kind of what we wore. And I, even though sometimes, you know, using a much nicer version. Right. <laughs> but, but, you know, you can really see how it was influencing a certain side of fashion at yeah. the time, maybe not myself personally. Um, and also, you know, I, I went, you know, for a long time I was into, I mean, I am into 60s garage music and um, we... That whole scene was very stylized, and you know, I had a beehive for ages. You know, I guess getting rid of the beehive was quite a hard thing for me, right? Because I had it for since I was like eighteen, and that wasn't something that came about with telly. You know, it would come up and down, you know, but it was because I was into a set of music called psychobilly, and yeah. that's what all my mates looked like. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, um, music really dictates what yeah, you wear. Yeah, it really isn't does. It? What yeah. about you? I mean, do you feel like? you know what, it, it was just a reflection of the time? Yeah, I or do. Or would you do anything different? No, I don't think I'd change anything because it was what it was. And, I know. And, and I look back with fondness at the way I used to dress and we have such a laugh. And me and my mates talk about it. I'm like, oh my God, what the hell? But also, one thing I wish I hadn't done so much is... It's really weird. Like, we live in a day and age where everyone wants to make themselves smaller. And I was so incredibly small. And I was so. When you say they want to make themselves smaller, like, everyone kind of. Like, the ideal body image is like to be really skinny and this this and that. Like, we're battling that kind of Mm. body image at the moment, which I think is great because it's not you are what you are and that's perfect. Mm. But I was was very tiny and petite. And all my friends at college were all like, they they were coming into their womanly. Bodies and I never felt very feminine. Like, yeah, I guess there were probably not that many petite ranges back then. There was I'm nothing. Sure. I was still like I was shopping in Tammy Girl still when I was like 18. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. But <laughs> I, for me, I just wish I'd have just not cared as much because mm. it did make me really self-conscious. Yeah. And I wasn't ever very confident when it came to like boys and stuff because mm. I never thought they want me because I didn't have any tits. Because there was always like the generalisation back then yeah. that these every, one size fits all, I guess. Yeah, it was. And I did. I definitely felt that pressure more so as I was younger than I do now. Now I'm like, whatever I am, what I am, my body's beating cancer it can look what it wants to look like I don't care so but back then I really really did it was it was quite it was in me in my t- it, more that transitional period from um secondary school into college yeah that little time I just wish I could go back to that long yeah. and go don't worry about don't it don't worry it's keep okay. shopping in kids things they're cheaper yeah. enjoy what about yeah. you Oh, I didn't have much choice, really, of what I had to wear. <laughs> I think I wore the same pair of jeans every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I used to steal all my friends' clothes. Did you? Yeah, I mean, when I think back to a period of time where I think, could I would I change anything? I always think of like the mystique era because we threw everything at it. And I, I've learned now that less is more. Mm. But at the same time, what you said earlier, at the same time, even though I look back and think, what was I wearing? I don't want to change it. Because yeah, no. it represented a moment in time. And in that moment, it felt right. Yeah. And we felt cool. Yeah, I yeah. mean, now as a 40-year-old, I look back and think, girl... That was too much, too many accessories, yeah. too many hair yeah. colours, yeah. just too much of everything. But it was a moment in time yeah, totally. and it's captured the Ta- essence absolutely. of that time. Yeah, so, you know, it's thing. a hard question when you say, what would you change? What would you do differently? Because I think acceptance is about just accepting the yeah. fact that actually in that moment it was fine. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I think about it. Uh, that feels like a good place for us to take a quick break. I've got a message for the listeners and all three of us will be back in just a moment talking about love, life defining moments and also playing a little game as well. Sometimes you want to change up your life, but now and again, you also want to change up your wardrobe. Stitch Fix makes updating your unique style feel seamless, offering the best styling advice personally curated for you. Head on over to stitchfix.co.uk, tell us your style goals, then sit back and relax whilst their wonderful stylists do the rest. Welcome back to Where It's At with me, Alicia Dixon. I've got the wonderful Gizzy Erskine and Lauren Mann here with me. <laughs> 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 How am I supposed to say your name normally now? Yeah, yeah. Lauren Munn. <laughs> and we're here talking about all those butterfly effect moments we all experience in life and whether we wish we could go back, rewind, <laughs> and do it all over again. <laughs> That's going to make my whole day. Right, brace yourself, ladies. Okay. It's time to talk about love. <laughs> so, my first question. Do you have that one that got away? I... Tumbleweed moment. (laughs) To be honest, I feel like my friend always says to me, rejection is protection. So I don't feel like anyone has gotten away from me that shouldn't have gotten away from me. I don't... There is one... I I wish I'd had my first kiss differently. Listen, them gone for a reason. (laughs) But I... Yeah, my first kiss, there was a boy called Jimmy and he really, really loved me. I was about 14. Jimmy. 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 And he's he's a lovely boy and he wouldn't mind me talking about this. He was so lovely and, and like he loved me. We got on really well and he's probably like my first experience of an almost boyfriend. And I just remember us being around the park one day and him like basically walking with me and I could tell he was going to try and kiss me and I was terrified. Oh, I wasn't God. ready I yet. I still get that. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, Ugh. So I didn't kiss him and then nothing, I ended up actually running away pretty much from him after that because I was like, oh, I'm really embarrassed I didn't kiss him because everyone else kissed everybody. Right. And then I kissed someone about six months later and he's, he it was in a, a like an abandoned warehouse at the end of the street and he just had a cigarette. And it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think I was like, oh, I wish I'd have kissed Jimmy instead of... I have never had one that got away, but I think I'm a lot of people's one that got away. Really? <laughs> I can imagine that. I have quite a weird living situation. So I live with my ex-boyfriend of 10 years. I was with someone for 10 years. We broke up six years ago. We still have property together. And we just moved back in together after having separate relationships a year ago. He's my best friend in the entire world. I'm so privileged that one, we can be mates, two, that we can live together and we totally cock block each other, which is a nightmare. <laughs> but presuming um, the relationship ended on good terms. It didn't. Yeah. I, oh, I, it didn't? Know, no, it didn't. Right. But with our lives, I'm so exhausted that so often when I've got an excuse to stay in yeah. and I know that I'm not going to be alone because I've got like him there, then I will tend to stay in and you sort of fit nicely into that relationship thing although you just haven't had sex for for six years. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. Each to their own. Yeah. yeah. But 
I think, like you said, depending on the circumstances yeah. as yeah. to how you split up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I have an ex from when I was like 18. We were together for a few years mm. and we're still really good friends, yeah. but we wouldn't be going on holiday together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think for me, my first boyfriend, I've had my heart broken twice. And the last one was like eight years ago and I have been single ever since. Probably because of what happened. It's taken me a while to get over it and stuff. But my first boyfriend, like, he left me for someone else. I was only 20. I was heartbroken for, like, three minutes. And it was fine. And, like, <laughs> now he's still with the girl. He's engaged. Yeah, got kids. so it was worth it. I And I would love yeah. to see him. And, like, I could be friends with him all day long. Mm. My other ex, not a chance. Mm. I would actually push him into traffic if I saw him on the street. Right. For the hurt that he caused yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not joking. You know, looking a little deeper, do you feel, both of you feel like past relationships you've been in have taught you something about yourself? Oh, yeah. My gut instinct is the best skill that I have in my body. Mm-hmm. Like, you know when something's not quite right. And again, it's fighting that I fought it with him for so long that at the end, it ended up with him cheating on me and me finding a girl in the house. And, yeah. yeah. No, that's bad. Yeah. And, and then what actually happened after that as well and the way he continued to treat me and kind of play with my emotions and my mind space for his own ego, that's what upset me more. It's like, I'm a human being. Mm. You can't treat someone that way. But I, for me, I also take responsibility for the fact I let him treat me that way. Absolutely. And I allowed that to happen because at any point I could have, my head could have overruled my heart. And I think I am much better at doing that now. If someone doesn't serve me or they're giving, they're not giving me good energy, they're not adding value or they're making me feel bad, then I have no problem with going that That's so important to learn that. See, I I feel really differently. And I I really need, I really think that this is probably why I end up in lots of toxic relationships. But I, I feel like everyone... You can you can talk through every situation and you can kind of fix everything. Now, I I guess my problem is that I feel like I invest a lot in into mm. friendships and relationships, so I'm prepared to put myself through that. I think a lot of people do have that shutdown, you know, period in, in at the end of a, a relationship where they can't they can't continue it, and then that's that's it. That makes them feel bad. They shut it off, and I get quite hurt actually by people who I feel like, God, we've we've been friends for a very long time, we've done this, and you know what, people mess up. Let's yeah. try and talk this through. Yeah. But, you know, that is kind of... I also feel like there's that kind of modern phenomenon of, you know, what's, what's that book that was written that was all about not the art of not giving a fuck? Yeah. You know, that to yeah. me was quite a frustrating scenario because I do give so many fucks about everything yeah. including my mates and I don't want to just No, I think that's a great off. quality. Yeah. I think so too and I think of an age like I'm diff- definitely different now where if someone did do something to upset me I'm I'm much more I'd probably go and broach it with them more and mm. I'd, I'd have the conversation. But yeah. I think back then, I was like, in my early 20s, I didn't feel good in myself. Whereas now, I can sit back and go, that is a reflection of, it's a mirror, isn't it? Mm. How someone right. treats you is how right. is who they are. It's yeah. not who you are. But I thought it was a reflection of me, yeah, my yeah, self-worth, everything. So it took me years to build myself back up. That's right. right. And it's only, I think, really getting to my 30s that I'm like, yeah, I actually like myself mm. again. The more you like yourself and yeah. the more well-rounded you are and grounded as a human, I believe you're going to attract that type of individual because the respect you have for yourself will not allow you to have a toxic or negative individual come into your life and affect that positive space that you've created for yourself. I had it recently. I had someone we was meant to be going on a date with and like genuinely absolutely gorgeous, like was ticking a lot of boxes. I was like, oh my God, I was getting the flutters, everything. But then he just kept messaging me. He didn't ask me anything about, um, it was like a friend had matched us up. But he didn't ask me anything about myself. He wasn't interested. He just kept asking me to send him selfies. And I was like, mate. Oh, God, that is the modern world of... You're, you're, so you're single too. That's, yeah. 
I was like, no. And I was like, you don't care about me. You don't want to know who I am. If that's what you want, get on one of the apps, mate. Peace, I'm off. I want someone who actually genuinely wants to know me as a person. Absolutely. And that was so empowering. Because I think the most important relationship is the one you have with yourself. Preach, yes. And in a way, we take all our baggage and all our demons and insecurities into a relationship and that's where the toxicity breeds itself. Mm -hmm. But actually, if you take in a strong secure, confident mm. side of you into a relationship and hopefully somebody else does, then that's how a healthy relationship is built. But you also you set those boundaries yeah, early on. Yeah, like people yeah. know that they cannot abuse the situation. And I think that's the really important yeah. thing. The second you allow that sort of point of people sort of not not allow, not respecting you to a umpth degree yeah. even, yeah. then they don't, you know? Yeah. I mean, what's so interesting for me is like the person that I'm with now, I don't think I could have attracted him or met him when I was in my early 20s. Mm. Yes. Sir. Because I wasn't um, secure enough mm. and kind of grounded enough in myself. And I think that the reason I had toxic relationships in my 20s was because I was broken within myself. And it's like the older I got and the more I sort of fixed myself... Mm. Um, I was able to meet a decent man. Now, I wanted to ask you both this, and we'll start with you, Lauren. What's been your most life-defining moment to date? That's a, I think that's a big question. <sighs> My, I honestly, um, like, I hate being cancer chick, but it, like, I genuinely feel like getting ill has been one of the hardest things that's ever happened to me. It's, it's, it's challenged me in every single possible way, physically, emotionally, mentally, friendships, work life, phys like everything, every part of my life. But what it did is it showed me myself in a clearer vision than I've ever, ever had. And I actually really rate myself. I feel like I'm resilient. I feel like I'm I'm warm. I'm open. And I'm and I there's a, I like myself because of it. And actually I really am proud of myself. And it took me a long time to actually say it. Mm. But I'm really proud of how I've what I've done since then and, and how I've channeled that energy. You going through what you've been through, and you know, yeah. you talk about a defining moment, it must just put such a clearer perspective. Yeah on life, yeah, you know, and how you now view life. Yeah. But it's also been, I, I have to take it as a, I have to go on a, it's been a gift way of it's thinking. part of your journey now. Because it's part of the tapestry of my life. Exactly. And it's made me where I, I would not be sitting with you two wonderful women today if I hadn't ever had cancer. You know, there's a lot of things that have happened because of my experience and, and how I've handled it. So... It has mm. been, that for me has been the biggest sliding doors. This yeah. feels like chapter two of my whole life. Wow. And actually I am probably have been happier in the last two years since I finished chemo than I probably have been my whole entire life. And people moan about getting older. I'm like, no, bring me 40, bring me 50, bring yeah. me 60. It's a privilege exactly. to age. Yeah. Oh, exactly. So That's many right. goosebumps. Do you know, Oprah said that once when she was on an interview. I always quote Oprah because she's like <laughs> yeah. my hero. Queen. And when somebody said to her, how do you feel about turning 60? And she said, I think about those that never made it. Yeah. 60 yeah. and I give thanks that I'm here thank you that's exactly how yeah. I feel okay I mean what's the one piece of advice you would give to your younger self I think that's quite a good question um I think that authenticity is the the key to everything you know find out you know like I, I've already sort of covered it in the sense that everything I've done that hasn't felt intrinsically me has been the biggest career mistakes of my entire life you know and every single time I've looked into myself to create something and it's been, in, like I said, in, intrinsically me, mm. then it's always been a great decision. So just, it's not just be yourself, it's more than that. Like, find what your creative buzz is and own it. 
Love that. Love that. What yeah. about you, hon? Just not worry. Stop worrying. I'm with you on that oh, one. I used to worry about everything. <laughs> yes. man. Like everything, what people thought of me. Like, am I eating right? Do I look right? Did I, did, did, everything was a worry. I felt like I had the weight on my shoulders, yeah. the, world, the world on my shoulders yeah. for most of my 20s. And now I'm like, you had nothing to worry yeah. about, chill. Yeah, my mum used to say to me, worrying's like a rocking chair. You can rock and rock and rock, but you won't get anywhere. I know it's just a silly saying, but so when I was a teenager, I used to always used to play that quote round in my head. But I still couldn't shift the yeah. worrying. Yeah. It was almost like it wasn't till I got older that I realised that this is a waste of my energy. It's a waste of energy. It's not mate. productive. Yeah. It's not taking me anywhere. It's not advancing me. So stop draining yourself worrying about things that you can't change. It's so, this is the thing my mum says, she went, worrying's not going to change it. Mm-hmm. She was, I'm like, I love Tina Man. she is absolute Tina Man. <laughs> Tina Man. <laughs> Tina, she is, honestly, she is just, I, the stuff she comes out of, one of the favourite things she's ever said to me, and I always say it, when it comes to like, if someone's been horrible to me, or I, like, I'm worried people like me, because it's been a big thing my whole life, yeah. massive people pleaser for most of it, mm-hmm. she always goes, love, if you were everyone's cup of tea, you'd be a mug. And I'm going to say it to my kids. I mean, when I think about my younger self, I'm with you. Mm. It was definitely the worrying. But just simply, I wish I could have just said to myself, everything will be okay. Yeah, yeah. Because you just don't know it. And I walked around in fear constantly. And also, there is no better version of you than you you yeah, yeah. and you you don't have to be like somebody else like yeah. you were saying earlier about trying to emulate other people you in your form in all your imperfections mm. is perfectly okay yeah. and perfectly fine right to end this girls we're going to play a little bit of a fun game i was up all night putting this together <laughs> <laughs> And it's called What If, okay? So, if you could only eat... I'll ask you first, Kizzy. If you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? All I want is spaghetti bolognese. Okay. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Spag bowl? Yep. Pie and Pie and mash. (laughs) Pie and mash. All day long. Really? I've actually got t-shirts that says I love pie. (laughs) Do you? I love pie. Pie and then, like, loads of gravy, loads of mash, just... Pie mash. Yes, I'm there. Yeah. Okay, mine is a bit more complicated. <laughs> Classic Jamaican dish, which is ackee and saltfish, but I prefer it with mackerel. Mine would be ackee and mackerel with some green banana, plantain, dasheen, breadfruit, hardo bread. I'd be a happy girl. Oh, oh I want that. I'm changing my answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, next one. Okay, if you could only wear one outfit for the rest of your life, God help us if oh, that was ever Christ. the case. <laughs> wow. That's a hard question. Yeah. Oh, God. I'll answer it. Yeah, go on. You go first. Okay, because it's unrealistic and that would never happen. But the best outfit I ever wore, and I feel so blessed to even say this, Julian McDonald made me um, an outfit for the Britain's Got Talent final. Yeah. It was the most stunning dress I've ever worn. I felt so special. What was it special. like? It was um, just a couture gown, yeah. but really short at the front, really structured, black, gold. Yes. And, I, and it was the best dress I've ever worn in my life. And I felt so special and privileged that he did that for me and traditionally I'm more of a trainer girl but that night I felt like the belle of the ball so that one mm. it was very uncomfortable though <laughs> I sort of want to go the other end of the scale yeah. like the what I'm most comfortable in is getting home after work whipping my bra off oh same oh getting pajamas ba- baggy band t-shirt nice. and a pair of pants and nice. some socks. Yeah. That's my that's my favourite. Yeah, that's more realistic. My yeah, I'm really <laughs> I really just want to. I mean, even if I have to walk down the street in my pants, I'm I'm up for it because it's so comfortable. Yeah, my go-to <laughs> thing that I love wearing, and I always feel like myself in it, is like a high-waisted pair of jeans belted, yeah. a strappy black sandal, a band tee, and a blazer. Good. I realise my style is understated, sexy. It's like love it's that. very. It's I don't. I'm that is me. That's my way of being. 
cool and understated sexy it is. Right, well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for, girls. So I just want to say thank you so much to both of you for joining me on the show. I found that conversation so inspiring and really, really funny. And I actually think you're both brilliant. So thank you so much for joining me. I'm Lish Dixon and this is Where It's At, brought to you by Stitch Fix. Okay, lovely listeners, we want to hear the best advice you've ever been given when it comes to the world of work. Tag us using at Stitch Fix UK and hashtag where it's at on Instagram to tell us. And if you haven't already, don't forget to register at stitchfix.co.uk so you're ready with that killer outfit when you need it most. Whilst you're at it, don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss our final episode, Like a Boss, where we'll be talking all things career with the fantastic Jasmine Hemsley, Catherine Ormerod, and the ultimate boss, the founder and CEO of Stitch Fix, Katrina Lake. <laughs>